The Mojo Radio Show. Hey everybody and welcome to The Mojo Radio Show. This is another in-between episode. We's on a roll, folks, between Christmas and New Year, out of 2015 into 2016. Robbo and I sat down before the holidays and picked out the bits that we loved from this year's shows that have had the most profound impact on our personal life, stuff we've taken out and actually implemented that we loved in our own personal lives. Robbo is currently in Fuji, sitting mm, on the beach. Bula. Bula, bula, How's the weather over there, mate? Beautiful. And the carver's great too. <laughs> that would explain the fact that you're making no sense today. <laughs> That's right, exactly. I'm just waffling through. So the in-between episode is a quick snippet of the bits we loved that runs between Christmas and New Year. Robbo, I'm going to start us off today because one of the highlights of this year for you and I personally, and mm. let's, let's say um, it might be a little bit selfish, but we did love our time with the Dead Daisies this year during Rocktober. You've got to love a good rock and roll act, don't you? Honestly, and these guys certainly fit that bill. And I have to say, based on downloads, it was one of our most popular shows yeah. of the year. Yeah. The Dead yeah. Daisies are a rock band made up of an eclectic bunch of brilliant musicians at the top of their game. It's guys from Guns N' Roses, White Snake, Thin Lizzy, uh, guys formerly playing with the Australia, the, the Angels in Australia, Motley mm-hmm. Crue, and the list goes on. Absolutely. They've come together to play together. They were touring Australia with Kiss uh, during Rocktober. We caught up the guys in a hotel room and I asked legend bass guitarist Marco Mendoza about his journey through sobriety. Um, To be honest, and I have to be totally honest about this, I had nothing to do with my sobriety. Uh, To this day, I believe it was divine intervention. And I was in Orange County Jail on my way to do 15 years. And for the first time in my life, just that moment of lucidity where you just realize you see projected to the future, look into the past and you go, what the hell? What happened? How did I get here? I'm ready to change, you know? And I got on my knees speaking of meditation or whatever. And for me, you know, God is in my life, period. He exists in my life. He guides me. He kind of lets me know he's my, you know, I'm a pendulum. He kind of keeps me in the middle, man, and he keeps me balanced, you know. So I got on my knees and I prayed. And I let everything, all that emotion and fear and everything you can imagine, just let it out. And I cried like a little baby girl for hours, man. And I finally got to that word, surrender. I surrendered. So to your listeners, surrender to the fact, the first step, that you have a problem. And that'll be the beginning of the rest of your life. That's what happened to me. I finally said, I can't, I have no control over this. It's disease. It's got control over me and my whole life. It's ruined me to the point where, I, you know, it's over. My life is basically over. So from that point on, and that was September 20th at 3 o'clock, 1987. No, don't ask me how I know this, but who's counting? But that's what happened to me, you know. And I've learned how to do it 24 hours a day. And that's the first thing that happens, you know, with people that have this issue. It's, it's pretty overwhelming to think, wow, can I get through this day without having a freaking this or this or that? The fact is you can. But yeah, it comes down to how willing 
And how ready are you to take the steps to get out of that insanity, you know? I've been really, I've watched <clears throat> hours of you guys being interviewed by different people all over the world. Mm. And I've been really impressed by the both of you. And I guess knowing you're a father of five and with what you've been through, what, what are the values that you are looking to represent you want your kids to take on? Um, you know, um, like we were joking earlier, I, I want my kids to know me inside and out. And, uh, you know, mom, their mom has a different opinion, but I think it's important for, for them to know where I've been so that you can, you can prepare them for life. You know, it's life out there. It's tough sometimes. So the parenting uh, thing is the most important thing you'll ever do in your life. And I got to give a lot of credit to my wife. She's amazing. She's a great mom. So I would like for them to realize that uh, I made a lot of mistakes in their behalf. Isn't that sound that sounds right? Right? It's like we made <laughs> all the mistakes in your behalf. Just listen for a minute and don't make the same mistakes. Don't go that way. Go that way. I got burned doing going that way. And these are I had so many walls. So I'm here to spare you. But at the but at the end of the day, you have to say, you're gonna make those mistakes and I still love you and I'll be here to pick you up. The thing that I loved about the interview. And what I think our listeners loved about it was how genuinely, I don't know, compassionate and sharing these guys were with their own personal lives. And yeah. Marco's personal mission now is to help share the message of sobriety, making a choice and the divine power of surrendering. And I found it pretty profound in that it's a way to really get down to who are you and surrendering to who you really are, your past, who you want to be as a person, not getting caught up in what other people think you should do or what society says you should do. Mm. And I've mentioned it during the shows before, it just ties back to The Five Regrets of the Dying, which is a fabulous book that we've talked about in the show before. Go on to Amazon, put in The Five Regrets of the Dying, written by a lady who spent her time as a job sitting bedside for people who are about to leave us and collecting their stories to say, here are the five things that people who are dying regret. And the top one was, I never lived my own life. I lived my life through other people's eyes or other people's expectations. And I yeah. thought Marco's bit was just, it was beautiful. We're definitely going to get him back on the show. I spoke to him backstage at one of the shows. He's, he's very keen to come on the new year, but, um, I think there's a lot more we can we can dig into with Marco Mendoza, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I was going to say too, I think the reason, one of the reasons that that show is so popular is not just because of the boys are, you know, so famous in, in inverted commas and well-known. I actually think that that show is just chock full of gold. Um, you know, it's just a brilliant show to go back and have a listen yeah. to, you know, even if you're not into their music. There's just so much that you can take away. Yeah, four chords and gold guitar picks in that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you can use that. That's a um, good one. So that Did was, you write that down that, the other day? <laughs> four, no, four chords and a gold guitar pick. That sounds like, that sounds like a name of a song. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So uh, that's mine. What have you got? Mm, I'm going to go back to Sylvia Damiano. Uh, episode 37, folks. If you say so. Um, <laughs> she's She was brilliant. Sylvia is uh, just all about, well, it's all, the name of her company is all about our brain or something, isn't mm. it? 
Yeah. Mm. So um, so this was an, a 40-minute interview that just intrigued me because I am intrigued by the human brain. But one thing that I took out of the interview um, and something that I did to a certain extent but something that I've certainly been more conscious of since that chat was, um, was ex- exercising our social brain is the way she put it. Julia, are you aware of anything? Are there any particular exercises or tips or tools that you know of that people could go through as part of their daily ritual to enhance that operation of the brain? Well, um, like any circuit, like the creativity circuits, if there's such circuit, but, you know, thinking imaginatively, if we don't stop and, you know, look at the stars, look at the clouds and spend some time doing nothing, activating our imagination, then we start saying that we don't have imagination or we only have imagination when we're children. The same thing happens with social skills. If when I am at work, um, my boss tells me don't spend or don't waste time at the water cooler having a chat with someone you should be in front of the computer obviously we are going to start mm. uh, stop socializing and that mm. is going to make us more introverted or you know less interested or less keen to show a, a genuine interest for other people so one of the things i say to people in my workshops in the breaks make sure you don't go and check your emails if there's nothing urgent uh, use the time to connect and to talk and to ask questions. And I think that it's a very useful practice that all of us should do. We don't say hello to people that we don't know in the lifts anymore, uh, like we used to do many years ago. So this is something that it's easy to do. It doesn't cost anything. <laughs> and uh, it's part of uh, exercise in our social brain. So Gary, I'm, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that after listening back to that, you'll probably th- agree with me that that there's some gold in them their hills because I know that you're um you're very sort of passionate about us not being curious enough in general um, and I think it comes back to that as well isn't it is, is being curious about you know what what's going on with other people and, and where other people's heads are at and all that sort of stuff and and I think in a way that's partly what she's saying it's exactly what she's saying and something else that comes out of this is I for one don't enjoy going to social gatherings. Mm. I don't get invited to a lot anymore. But <laughs> I was if say. I do, if I am for whatever reason uh, having to go to a social gathering, I find it I find it very uncomfortable. However, what I do is I just do what Sylvia has suggested, and I just ask lots of questions. I put mm. it onto the other person, and I go in like a detective when I meet somebody and just dig down and to find their backstory, what they're passionate about, what their interests are, you know, where they've come from, where they're going. Mm. what they do, what their interests are. And it's such an easy way to relax a conversation or if you're sitting at a dinner table with people or a meeting or whatever. It's just such an interesting way to relax the room. You learn something, you become more, it exercises your social brain. Mm. And the other thing that I heard recently, which I loved, I heard an interview with Laird Hamilton's wife. Do you know Laird Hamilton? Yes, the, the surfer. Yeah, the big wave surfer. So he's Mm. the world's most famous big wave surfer. Like he serves the big waves at Pipeline and stuff. And Mm. his wife is also a famous athlete. She has this philosophy about being first. Mm. So if she is buying a cup of coffee, she'll be the first person to smile. If she is in a lift, she'll be the first person to say hello. If she's in a social environment, she'll be the first person to ask a question. So... She puts herself out there by being first. And I thought it was such a great tool to use is to put your hand out to shake hands and be the one to initiate it. 
Be yeah. the one to initiate a conversation. Be the initi- initiate a, a, a smile in the eyes. So I think Sylvia's stuff is quite powerful for us. And I think in a, in a social sense, not just socially for our brain, but also social as in relaxing people, mm. um, there's gold and then their brain... In those neurons. There's gold and then their neuro- brain neurons. <laughs> so that was very good. That was episode 37, if you want to hear the whole yeah. thing. And I got to say also, mm. Sylvia Damiano's accent and her voice, mm. I could listen to all day long. Yeah, and, and actually, if there's one more important reason to go back and have a listen to that interview is she tells us how to cook the perfect Argentinian steak. Oh, and I've taken that on board just quietly as yeah, well. Yeah, I think that I've tried yeah. that one a few times. Yeah. yeah. And Marco Mendoza is episode 51, The Dead Daisies. Mm-hmm. That was by far one of our most popular shows of the year. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, it's been very gratifying, the eclectic nature of our listeners from young girls and old guys and kids and it's a very, very good show. So there you go. All right, we're out. What's our listener rock to close the show? Uh, we're going back to school today with the Bee Gees. God of rock, thank you for this chance to kick ass. Now let's get out there and melt some faces! The Mojo Radio Shows. Lessons in Rock. We all know the well-known Australian hitmakers, the Bee Gees, yeah? Yep. A short li- here's a short list of their achievements, okay? They've written over a 1,000 songs in their career, wow. 20 US top 10s, uh, and they've also written a heap of hits for other artists, Chain Reaction for Diana Ross, Guilty for hmm. Barbara Streisand, Emotion for Destiny's Child, Immortality for Celine Dion, and, wow. of, course, and of course your favourite, mate, this one. <laughs> that's your favourite, isn't it, mate? Yeah, there we go. Oh, you're playing it now too. That's fantastic. <laughs> but get this, here's their, here's their most amazing achievement. They're the only songwriters in history to have five songs in the US top ten at the same time. Really? Yep, five of their songs. So I think there was, from memory, there was three BG songs and two songs that they'd written for other people and all five of them were in the top ten at the same time. So So there you go. They they really are underestimated. Yeah. And not getting the acclaim they deserve, really. And and, and being Aussies too. That's right. And and here's the reason that I bring all this up. Because you you want to know how they got their start? What? When they were kids, what they would do is they would sit down and they'd listen to the radio and they would pretend that they were in charge of writing the next hit for whichever artist was playing at the time. So, you know, if they, was, if they sat down and there was an Elvis Presley song, well, their game would be, okay, well, we've got to write the next song for Elvis Presley. It'll be his next hit. Wow. And Robin Gibb once said that instead of throwing a ball around, we were throwing music around. And I've wow, always nice. liked that analogy. How nice is that? So I just thought that there was a really nice lesson there that, you know, we've talked about dreaming and all that sort of stuff and that's just a really good illustration of, you know, what it can actually do. Well, there's a nice saying in regardless of whatever you want to do is you act the way you want to become until you become the way you act. Right, So by looking at these things and writing the next song as if you were, Eventually, your time comes where suddenly people look at you and acclaim you because you are the way that you wanted to become. 
The Mojo Radio Show is produced and recorded in the studios of Voodoo Sound. For more tips and tools to get your mojo working, check us out on Facebook at The Mojo Radio Show or online at themojoradioshow.com. For more about Gary, see garybertwhistle.com or to polish your next audio or video production, check out voodoosound.com.au and for the right voice, realtimecasting.com. Andrew Peters speaking. See you next time.